Long, way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again today to start off this preview series is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Magazine's off to press. Uh, magazine covers revealed. We're good to go. Uh, this thing's off my chest finally. Yep. Uh, we can get to some fun stuff. Yep. Um, like like I said, you know, the cover revealed. Magazine's coming out soon, so be sure to pre-order that and you know be on the lookout for that when that comes out. Um, and today we're starting part one or podcast one of eight mm-hmm. to preview the twenty-four men's. And then the 24 women's teams in Texas. That's as far as Division One goes, obviously, Division One basketball. And we decided we were looking through it. We were like, how do we want to do this? And, you know, initially when I laid it all out, I was like, all right, I just had random teams in there. I was like, you know, Houston, uh, I don't even know, uh, A&M and whoever, UTRGV. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, how can we like maybe change this up to make it at least a little um organized and so initially so now we are going to be doing it by region to an extent so we're going to have a couple houston podcasts a couple da- dallas pod dallas fort worth podcasts um a san antonio podcast a west texas podcast so be on the lookout for all that stuff um we decided you know that might be better for some regional people to get to listen to the teams in their area so um today we have houston houston pod one uh, that's how I have it labeled in my doc. We have Houston Rice and Houston Baptist, um, three teams with very interesting outlooks, or three teams, three schools, because there's six teams overall. Again, we're going to be talking men's and women's for both sides here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to limit ourselves to six minutes for each team, so that way we don't go long. Try. We're, we're going to try. I'm going to set a timer timer on my phone. and It's not going to be like the, the countdown one. It's going to be the stopwatch one. So that way there's not an alarm. Okay. Um, even though I probably should do, I'm going to do the alarm one, actually. You're just going to have it go off. All right, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. I have, I have ripples as the sound. So I don't even remember which one that is. It's whatever it is. It doesn't wake me up. So I just hit it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, six minutes. Um, I think we've gotten everything out of the way. So we don't have to waste time with um, explaining it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, six minutes on six teams, six minutes each. Keep it short. Keep, get, get y'all out of here. Um, we will tr- again be, re- be releasing these. I think to- two or three times a week, depending on how our schedule plays out. But let's do it, man. Houston, right. Houston first. Um, before before I start the timer, do you want to? All right, men's first. I'll let you do the recap from last year. Okay. And then we'll go, we'll go from there. All right. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, Houston men's, I mean, final four run uh, basically brought back the best season since five slam a jamma. 
uh, obviously Quinn Grimes off the NBA, um, uh, Dijon Giroux gone, uh, Justin Gorham gone. Um, and, you know, it, it is kind of a new team and we're kind of seeing, not a new team, but new uh, in the sense that we're trying to figure out who's the next guy, right? I think that that's where we can kind of transition to maybe thinking of a Marcus Sasser. Um, I think there still is a team here that, to me, leads should lead the 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 race or be one of the two teams, maybe, maybe with Memphis to lead the AAC. Um, I think their ceiling is a conference contender with maybe flirting with some elite eight potential. Um, but I don't know if this is a team that's going to make a final four run. I don't know if this is a team that is uh, incapable of getting upset somewhere in the tournament too. Um, I think there's a lot more holes in this team. I think what last year proved was that the defense and the offensive rebounding is going to be there as a foundation. And it's going to be about just kind of putting pieces around that. So. Yeah. Uh, ranked 332nd in Kim Palm in terms of tempo last year, they were a slower team. Mm -hmm. um, but like we said, defense rebounding, that was what they're calling card. And that's what won them games in the NCAA tournament. Um, they returned Marcus Sasser, Jermon Mark, Reggie Chaney, and Fabian White, for key players from the rotation team last year. Uh, and then they add Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech last year, who I believe was all-conference honorable mention at the Big 12. Um, an all-around player, 6'4 guard. Um, I like him scoring. I like his ability to do um, to create off the dribble. Um, and then they added Taze Moore, all-Big West first team last year uh, from – C.S. Bakersfield, 6'5 uh, guard, graduate senior, uh, another kind of all-around type guard there. But, you know, like we said, it's going to come down to the defensive side of the ball for those guys and how they're able to create. Because without Dejan Giroux, and I'm not going to say Quinn Grimes is a great defender, but, you know, he could have, he could hold his own for sure. Mm -hmm. You have Marcus Sasser, Kyler Edwards, Taze Moore, Tremont Marks, more of a wing, you know. Uh, Jamal Sheed is another returner that can do some things. Um, just to finish out the, the newcomers here, they added freshman guard, uh, Ramon, Ramon Walker, uh, Josh Carlton, who was a three-year starter at UConn, 6'11 center, um, Javier Francis, freshman forward, and Robbie Armbrester, uh, a freshman from Georgia. Um, does the guard play scare you at all here as far as, you know, because last year was so Grimes heavy and Jerome mm -hmm. on defense, they were so like such forces for this team going to Sasser Edwards and more to a degree. I think, no, I think because I think Tremont Mark flashed enough to where I think he's going to be added into that rotation a bit. Um, I think Jamal shed will be somebody who plays more. Um, you know, obviously last year was a little bit, he came into just a heavy rotation, so he really didn't get much of a chance. Um, and so I think he'll be in more. I think that uh, the depth, I think it'll be, have to be a more of a committee um approach and i think kyler edwards is good enough to make up for some of what they lose with Giro. i'm a little concerned about the front court i know cheney and white are back but uh justin Gorham was such a rebounding monster for them um and so that's where i'm i'm a little bit concerned about how they can replicate i, I know they rebound well as a team but I know justin Gorham was so much of that last year that that's kind of my biggest concern, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, Josh Carlton from UConn had, mm -hmm. was a late, I mean, addition to the, to the at least to the online roster. I'm not going to say I, I don't know 100% when he was signed or anything like that mm -hmm. over the summer. But I went and looked up his stuff last night. He started pretty much the past three years at UConn, 6'11 uh, mm -hmm. center. I mean, 
that gives him something. He's by far the tallest player on the team by three inches. They don't have another player over six, eight. So that's a big pickup for them. Um, it takes a load off of Cheney and White, um, you know, shoulders. I, I think that really helps them in the front court. I'm interested to see how they're able to um, defend and rebound because that is such a mentality type thing. And for that team mm-hmm. last year, it was such a instilled something that was instilled in them from the years that they've been there. When you, when you turn over, it's going to be interesting. I do think this team will have more variety, though, and that's one thing that I think when we talk about their floor and their ceiling, I think their floor is obviously lower because of the defense and the rebounding is uncertain going into this year, I think. I think it's a team that's floor is still going to be top four in the AAC. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty pretty comfortably, I think. Um but, you know, that puts you on the edge of the NCAA tournament at that point, right? That you, and Then you're fighting on the bubble, and it comes down to your uh, to your tournament run. The ceiling of this team, I don't – obviously, I'm not going to say it's a Final Four. I don't think it's a Final Four. But if you make a Sweet 16 at Houston, that's huge, yeah, especially coming so. off of that, that last season. So I could see that being a ceiling, realistic ceiling for this team if Sasser, Edwards, Click, and the, the front court is able to rebound at a high level. We got 40 seconds. All right. No, I I agree. I think that Sweet 16, I think at the most, Elite Eight is their their ceiling. Um, But again, I'll go back to the fact that I don't think this is a team that's incapable of being upset, right? I think this could be a team that, you know, has enough issues offensively, potentially, that, you know, they could be of, we'll see how the season plays out. But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they get first or second round knocked out just because, it, they didn't rebound right, or you know the defense wasn't there. Or they got a, they had to, they got caught in an up and down game, and they, yep. you know something like that. So um, I don't know. I think Houston's set. I think Houston's fine. Uh, this isn't going to be a team that falls off. Um, and I think that Kelvin Sampson has something going there. So yeah. Well, the ripples timer just went off, and that was the weakest timer. No wonder I sleep in. That is awful, man. I need to find a new. You got to change that. You got to get that. Uh, there you go. go you, radar. There you go. Like I was gonna default. go. You got to go with the traditional radar, default man. That's radar. The that, that's the one that um, gives people PTSD waking up in the morning. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, last thing we'll do. Uh, let's just assume everybody plays thirty-two games in regular season. Let's say or okay. thirty, thirty or thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's say thirty-two games for everybody. Um, do you want to predict records or would you rather predict AAC play? Ooh, uh, I'd, I'd say I'd rather say AAC. Okay. So uh, what, what 18 re- game seasons, 16 game seasons, probably 18. Uh, yeah, about, I think so. Let's say 18, 18 games in the AAC. What, what would you have, uh, Houston going? They went 14 and three last year. 14 and three. Um, 18 game seasons, man. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 13 and five. I'm gonna say 13 and five. I, I that doesn't win you the AAC, but I think it it definitely puts you second or third, probably third. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go. I'll go with that. That's pretty fair to me. I'd say about 13 and five. I think that the conference still is isn't isn't top to bottom difficult. Um, again, I think Memphis is their biggest challenger, and I think they'll probably split the series with them. Yeah, I think 13 and five is probably fair. Yep. All right, let's get to the Houston women's now. Uh, six minutes starting, or I'll, I'll introduce them, I guess. Uh, I have some notes up. You can add it, fill in wherever you want. Six it's six, Oh, it's, it's 16 games, by the way. So I'll say okay. 12 and four. That's tough for me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with 12, 12 and four, but I'm kind of okay. scared 11 and five. All right, let's go to the women's. 
Um, I'm starting now. Uh, last year they finished 17 and 8, 12 and 5 in the AAC. Uh, they finished third in the AAC and went to the women's NIT. Uh, they had 11 different players start a game last year, and only one player played all 25 games. That's that was something that was really striking to me when I was doing my research on them. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously have a good amount of talent uh, returning with Diamond Gladney, Brittany Onyeje. If y'all listen to our backcourt uh, podcast we did last week, uh, we touched on talked about them. Layla Blair, all freshman uh, returner. Uh, she's the one I think is going to be their star. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how she continues to develop. But, you know, outside of her, I was looking through and I was kind of like, initially I was like, I don't know where the front court help is. And then I started getting to the front court help and uh, they have five players over six foot. And I'm like, okay, this is like a very balanced team at this point. So now I like Houston a lot and they last year they were plus 2.7 in the turnover margins. Um, but the difference was three point shooting. They shot, they made, uh, three more threes per game than their opponents. Mm -hmm. Um, and they shot 30% from three compared to 24% from three against, I mean, against their opponents, but Mm -hmm. that's pretty much the, the overall rundown. I feel good about this team. Um, however, it is kind of tough to get a grasp on their rotation at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, I mean, this is probably the deepest team we're covering today, probably Um, men or women's like they go, like you mentioned, they go 10, 11 deep. They are all back. Um, And I think that they're a team that probably got gypped when it came to the tournament. Um, I think that this is going to be kind of a run it back year for them to kind of sure up a lot of the doubt. Um, You mentioned the three point defense. I mean, the three point defense is one of the best in the country. They, um, their field goal percentage defense was upper half. I believe the held teams under 40% uh, from the floor. They were, uh, they're rebounding. We're going to talk a lot about rebounding with both these Houston teams. The rebound offensive rebounding was pretty good as well. I think they averaged almost just over 13, just over 13 about, um, uh, per game. And yeah, I mean, defensively, they get steals, they get blocks. Like they're, they don't, they force turnovers, they don't turn the ball over. Like, they're actually no i should say they get turnovers but they turn the ball over that's kind of a uh, kind of their double edged sword there mm-hmm. um but i think we're looking at the front runner in the aac if i'm being honest Ooh. um i think it's probably between them and usf or tulane um and so i think but i i, I just because of the the experience coming back and then the potential star power we mentioned with layla blair um the potential star power there because she still does have to take another step to be that player that i think we we feel like she could be um i think we're looking at the front runners in the in the aac yeah you mentioned it they return i mean between glad gladney blair onyeje i mean julia blackshell fair uh jasmine lewis i mean all five of them uh, tatiana hill all six of those players started significant games for them last year (laughs) and then you add tamara nard junior college all-american you add fatu diagne yeah Mm -hmm. i'll go with that uh started at purdue last year then you had tiara young who was an lsu rotation player then you had ash Asha Thompson, Asha Thompson, uh, who was a rotation player at Old Dominion. That's four players who have experience here playing. And I haven't even got into Bria Patterson or Erica Sidney, both of which who played significant minutes last year for Houston. Right. That, that is 
absurd depth. That's 11 players I think I just named. 11 or 12 mm-hmm. players I just named that mm-hmm. have experienced playing significant minutes here. The, the depth of this team is going to be something I'm excited to see. And if Layla Blair takes the step forward, I think that sets the ceiling. And that's what I'll probably put the ceiling for this team. Like you said, winning the AAC, um, which would probably put you at what, a four, five, six seed, somewhere around there. Around there. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they if they play well in the non-conference. And so if Layla Blair takes a step forward, the defense and rebounding continue to be a strength, the depth of this team, and I think the size of this team, because, I mean, while they don't have a 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, girl, which, I mean, you got plenty of 6'4, 6'3, 6'2. Yeah, I mean, it. <clears throat> excuse me. I think that this is going to be a team that I think shares up a lot of it. That's going to be motivated to leave no doubt. Because, like, you know, we mentioned how they were, I think they were left out of the tournament. And so it's like, okay, the only issue here for me is going to be their turnovers. But this is going to be a team that similarly to how SFA was a couple of years ago where they kept getting left out of the tournament because they didn't win the, the Southland. I think this is going to be a team similarly motivated to run the table more or less. I think the AAC is more, is more difficult, but I do see them being a team that could run the table. The issues, there are issues I mentioned with turnovers. They average uh, – almost 20 a game which is a lot i mean insane amount yeah um the balance of that is they almost forced they forced over 20 turnovers so it was they had a very chaotic style um to how they played but i think another year together kind of shores up that cohesion a little bit to take away some of those uh turnovers on their offensive ends yeah last thing i'll say uh is or before we get to prediction Mm-hmm. They didn't add a single, at least from what I understand, they didn't add a single freshman from high school on this team. Yeah. So that should tell you everything you need to know. They had transfers. They're pretty young, yeah. They already. added transfers and they they added junior college all Americans. So there you go. That's a timer. <laughs> That's a timer. Uh, quick predictions. Uh, Sixteen game AAC. What do you have them going? Mm-hmm. I, said, I said quick, and he's thinking. About yeah, it. I know, right? I know, right? Jeez, uh, you go first. I, I, I'm um, thinking. I'll go. I'll go thirteen and three. I'll be. I'll be bold. I guess. Okay. Thir- I'm, thirteen and three. Okay, I'm gonna go a little bit bolder. I'm gonna go fourteen and oh, two. God, I knew you're gonna do that. Always has to one up me here. This is ridiculous. Um, all right. Uh, also, we should give a shout out to the head coaches, uh, Calvin Sampson and Ronald Huey for mm-hmm. Houston. Uh, Calvin Sampson for the men's, Ronald Huey for the women's. So, Houston. Always fun basketball school, at least. Oh yeah, you know, in my my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to rice. Rice is up next here. Uh, men's first. I'll I'll introduce the men, and we will go from there. What a, what an interesting team this is. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm, I'm excited for you to talk about this because you've seen them definitely more than I have. All right, timer started. Uh, they went 15 to 13 last year, six and 10 in Conference USA. They advanced to the third round of the Conference USA tournament after they beat Marshall in the second round. A huge win. I was there in person, front row, watching them beat Marshall. And that last year, it looked like what this team could have been. Beat Marshall. I mean, you just all everything was clicking. Um, they, you know, shoot the ball really well. They made 10.2 threes per game last year on 36% shooting. Um, they were 114th in pace last year, which is the, obviously the top, what, 30%. Um, but then you go to the defense side of the ball, they were minus 1.5 in blocks just compared to their opponents. They were minus 2.2 in steals per game compared to their opponents. Uh, 
So overall minus two in the turnover category, turnover margin. And it is a fascinating team in Travis Evie, Quincy Olivari, Cameron Sheffield, Riley Abercrombie, Max Fiedler, and Chris Mullins all returning, returning. basically their, their top six players returning from last year. And now we have to look at this team this year and be like, all right, same head coach, same team, really no new starters besides Carl Pierre from UMass who started at UMass and Terrence McBride who started at Cornell, both guards, 6'2 and 6'4. I mean, what are your thoughts on this team and how they get better? Can they stop anybody? (laughs) I mean, this is, this is, this is, that's literally it. I mean, when you have an, uh, they finished with, I believe, a top 60-ish offense in terms of effective field goal percentage last year. And they were 245th in defensive effective field goal percentage. Like, this is a team that is one direction. And if they can get some stops, right? I know Scott Perra is a good – he's a smart coach. He knows what he's doing. But there is, like, a sense of, like – he. so he obviously knows – what I'm saying is he obviously knows, like, we need to stop some people this year, right? <laughs> That's obviously going to be an, an emphasis – I just don't know if they have the personnel. Like I'm looking at this roster and I'm like, I don't see good defenders on this roster, you know, and it's a lot of the same guys. And, you know, no offense to somebody like a Matt Fiedler. Like, I know what you are as a big man. You're not going to stop anybody, right? You're a great scorer and you're going to take some people in mismatches and you're going to feast on some dudes that can't move with you, but you're probably, probably going to get done up on the other end too. Like, you know, that's just how it is. Um, and if you're rice, you, I hate to say that you just got to live with what you get, but like, you know, again, the fact that there was no big roster turnover one, I think shows that last year they flashed a little bit. You mentioned they flashed a little bit of what they could be, right. They could yeah. be that team that catches people off guard. Are they, con- are they consistently good enough at that, at shooting, at running in transition, at blowing, you know, getting these huge leads to where they don't, it doesn't matter that, you know, they're going to give up some points on the other end. I don't know. That's kind of the yeah. question for me. The backcourt for me is the biggest thing. Travis Evie and Quincy Olivari, I'm basically averaged, you know, 15 each last year. And I loved watching them really, really good scores, but at times inconsistent. And that's what this mm-hmm. team was. Uh, you mentioned defense. The one player on this roster who I think has the potential to be a good defender is Cameron Sheffield. He was a freshman last mm-hmm. year. Uh, he's a six, six wing they play him at the three. I think he starts pretty much full time at the wing this at the three this year. Um, and I think he's the one that they're going to need to be a good guard defender. You throw him on the best opposing guard. It's kind of what they did with North Texas and a couple other teams here. You throw them on the best guard and hope that he can whittle away. Because other than that, like you said, you got nobody. Max Fiedler is a great offensive player to me. I He tore up Marshall. He, he did great in the Conference USA tournament, but mm-hmm. – He's a really good passer too. For those who don't know who Max Fiedler is, he's a, they throw it to him in the post a lot and are able to cut off of him kind of in a Nikola Jokic-esque role there, mm-hmm. um, but he can't shoot. So that's the difference. Um, and so, like you said, it comes down to defense and I just don't know if Scott Perro has it in his, in his DNA to play defense, I guess. I mean, we, it has to be the emphasis, right? I haven't talked to anybody around a rice, the rice program or anything, but right. that has to be the, like, if you're the head I mean, coach, the- yeah, it, it's you have to just this whole scrap the offense at this point. We'll, we'll get to that in in October or whatever. <laughs> right. the, the past nine, eight months, whatever, how many months should have all yeah. been about defense. 
100%. I mean, like, this is a team that shoots, what, over tw- almost tw- over 23s a game and shoots them at a good clip. Like, you sh- cancel shooting practice, you're fine. Like, you're good to go. Like, that's it. Like, you guys are good on that end. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, get, I don't know if it's just, like, a focus on that end or or a, or an inc- a change in what you do defensively alters maybe what you guys, what they do on the other end, maybe, I don't know, because, you know, I think in one of the other shows uh, in our backcourt show, you know, I read off some of these, some of these shooting numbers when they shot what they shot from three point range against Marshall, they shot 28 threes made 10, but you know, uh, 35 against lady of the lake, 34 against La Tech, 35 against La Tech, uh, 28 against Western Kentucky. Like they, they can shoot and they're shooting well, right. Um, those, those are high numbers, but they're shooting 35, 38, 43%. Like they can shoot. And so I wonder if this just like, you know what, this is the team that we are and we're going to, we just got to see if it comes together this year. Maybe it does with another continued year of these guys together. Um, But, you know, it's also a sense of teams kind of know what you're going to do, right? Teams know that, okay, if we can weather the storm and just kind of make sure they don't, you know, those, those threes don't turn into 40%, 45%, right? Close out a little bit more. Just make sure they don't get hot. They might get hot. It happened in the tournament, um, conference tournament. You know, just make sure it doesn't happen too often. So, I don't know. Yep. Uh, last thing I'll say before we get to predictions. Uh, the other thing that makes it difficult is that basically everybody in Conference USA can defend at a yeah. high level. So, that's yep. what really just sets you back is like, you got these defensive-minded coaches here and then you're trying to outscore them and they just mm-hmm. like, no, you're not scoring. And, right, right. Or at least if you are scoring, you're at least having to work for it a little bit and you're not stopping anybody. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 18-game Conference USA season here. Last mm-hmm. year, like I said, they went 6-10 and 10 in the shortened one. But 18 games, um, <laughs> um, it's just stretching over there, I guess, trying to yeah, get Yeah, I'm trying to look, ready. trying to look. I'm trying to no, no, something. I th- He's looking around his room. I th- <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ten and eight. Wow. I'm gonna go ten and eight. I'm I gonna think. Go I'm gonna go nine and nine. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. Wow, I did one up you again. Um, see, I didn't even know yours that time, and I still one up you. But um, yeah, I think that the, I think the continuity is gonna help a lot. Um, but I mean, you mentioned it. There, you add Joe Golding to the mix too in the conference USA and there's just another defensive coach that's just going to make are they like last year's UTEP just that kind of returns everybody you know boom uh, I mean well they yeah. had enemy last year but you just, right right no no I get, I get the point they mean. could they got a bunch of these good scores and then they end up going 500 in conference USA I mean, maybe I mean yeah I could see that like and, and I should I mean a 500 is an improvement for where they've you know for this team so I think that middle of the pack uh, maybe punching up I mean, I think their probably their highest is probably fourth or fifth in the West, but um, yeah. you know, I think that's still better than where they've been. So yeah. All right, I'll let you intro the women's side of things. Obviously, um, great players and uh, coming off of a, a another great year for them. So mm-hmm. timer starting yeah. now. All right. So, I mean, Rice has basically been one of the best mid-majors in the country the past couple of years. Um, they now get a new head coach, trying to get her name, uh, Edmonds, um, in from Stanford, Lindsay Edmonds in from Stanford, I believe. No, um, um, uh, uh, North Carolina State, um, NC State. And so 
now she basically turns over that whole team, the team that had Erica Ogumike, the team that had Nancy Mulkey. Uh, Nancy Mulkey was the last holdover. Ogumike left two years ago, but they were still a very good defensive team last year. And now they basically turn a new leaf and it, I, start to wonder, okay, where is, what does Lindsay Edson have to work with? She's a young coach, promising coach, but I don't know if we're going to learn much about what she can do this year with such a different team, especially when you lose, um, I believe they lost. uh, uh, Sydney uh, Wiggins. Sydney Wiggins and. and, uh, The other guard um, that went to SMU, I'm not going to remember. Yes, I can't remember her name. But but, that's two starter starting guards. Exactly. So I think this team's going to be decent at shooting but they're going to lose basically all of their defensive power and i think that's going to really hurt them um in a conference usa that's getting pretty competitive now i'd say yeah yeah this is this is kind of just a rebuilding year for me for rice um obviously with the new coach that's how it is a lot of times in year one uh last year they were a three kind of a three-point shooting team they made 6.5 per game on a 38 percent clip so that's really Mm -hmm. impressive the question i have this year and the big question for me is because I think they're going to shoot a lot of threes, but how do you generate good threes? And last year we knew what it was, right? Throw it to the, throw it to the big, have them double, you kick it Mm -hmm. out, you shoot, or you, or you have some dribble penetration from the guards that they had last year. This year, while I like Crossway and Swayze, it's, it's going to be tough because I don't look at them, them as like true creators of an off or initiators on offense. Crossway was a sniper. Like she could shoot, shoot lights out and so that's what they're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to run that jj reddick offense for her <laughs> you're gonna have to get her the ball seven screens <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> just gonna have to just run her around a bit and get her open threes but yeah. like how sustainable is this offense um i feel like they're just gonna have to try to outscore people uh they did they did uh or they do return uh ariana mccurry a six six center uh as a senior uh who's kind of obviously been a backup for her whole career uh, mm-hmm. with the, I mean, just talent they've had. And then you, the rest of the roster is kind of tough for me. You have India Bellamy who uh, was real, kind of a rotation player, I think 12, 12 minutes a game last year. Then you have destiny Jackson, a guard who's kind of a creator. Um, Alexis Stover comes in from Wright state. Uh, she was a rotation player there. Ashley Austin, uh, six, six foot forward. So on, and then I mentioned this to you, I mentioned this before the podcast, I said, Rice's women's only have 11 players listed on their roster right now. Right. And three of them are true freshmen who came in from high school. And one of them is a, is a retro freshman that was hurt last, all last year. So that leaves you seven players that we know anything about here. And right. obviously none of them were, you know, the top, top players besides maybe cross the league. Yeah, I think that uh, the other transfer I was thinking of was Lauren Schwartz, by the way, who followed Tina Langley to Washington. So, yeah. you know, Sydney Wiggins went to SMU and then uh, Lauren Schwartz, who was their second leading scorer. I know she was their highest or second highest minutes, uh, minutes getter, but um, they lost her too. So, yeah, I mean, it's, oh man, this is, it's going to be a tough situation to match the expectation. Because, I mean, again, for the past three years, Rice was the team where like, oh crap. Got right, you know, like they got rice this week. L, like you know, it was almost a guaranteed L every time. And so, I think that it's going to be interesting to see to adjust, kind of adjust our expectations for this team, because you know, you, I, I'll just read off some of these numbers: 
sixth in field goal percentage offense, ninth in field goal percentage defense, fifth in three-point offense, uh, 38th, still top uh, under 30% uh, uh, three-point percentage defense, right? This is a, this was an elite, elite mid-major team, and they're just not going to be that this year, right? I think there's going to be a little bit of, you mentioned it, uh, uh, similarity between the men's and women's team and maybe how they play. They're both really good shooting teams. Um, there's just so many questions when it comes to the interior with this team, because you had, you relied so much on the presence of Nancy Mulkey and you should, right. She's a, she was an insanely play, insanely talented player, all American caliber. Um, but now, you know, you kind of turn to other players like an India Bellamy where it's like, okay, well, she's fine, but like, she's not that, you know, you go from that elite level talent to somebody who's pretty good, right. Not, not great, but, um, you know, is this somebody, is this, is, is Ariana McCurry somebody that's going to be able to step up and, you know, she only played what, seven, eight minutes last year, but you know, it, she, she's played consistently uh, since she was a freshman, not as much, obviously when you have somebody like a Mulkey, you keep her on the floor as much as possible, but you know, is Ariana McCurry ready to take that step now that she's an upperclassman and, you know, one of the taller, one of the only post presence really on this team. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough challenge for him. I think this year. Yeah. Uh, last thing, as much as I obviously researched this team and everything, uh, mm-hmm. I still don't know any much about Lindsay Edmonds. Um, yeah. If you know anything about her, feel free to inform us, but I don't. So as far as a, you know, whether it's, I'm not going to say culture, but a style of play goes, mm-hmm. pace, emphasis, that's all going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds because that's going to determine how this team how effective this team is overall. Sure. Look at that. There we go. Got so, that. Nailed that right. Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I think, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Predictions. Go ahead. I think, I mean, if I'm being honest, I think this is a, man, I think this is a sub 500 conference team. Um, I think I either a five, either a 500 or sub 500. Cause I mean, I need an official were, prediction ish. Yeah, I know. I know they were 12 and two last year, 18 game schedule. I'll, I'll go first. Go. I'll go. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go I'm going to go six and twelve, and yeah. that's that's a pretty big drop. But I just don't see the. I th- I just think this is a rebuilding year. That's yeah. yeah. I think I think six and twelve is about where I am too. Yep. And um, coaches like we said, Lindsey Edmonds and Scott Para. So shout out to head coaches. Maybe we'll get can get one of them on one day. Yeah. If anybody listening knows them, put in a good word for us. Putting a line. Let's go. There you go. All right. Next, Houston Baptist, the final team on this podcast. Um, and uh, I have some takes for the women's side of things. Uh, I guess I'll open. I'll let you can open the men's side if you if you if you want. Do you want to open the men's or you want me to take the men's? Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me bring up my notes real fast for this. Go ahead. Okay. Head coach Ron Contral. He's been there for thirty seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. that's that- Six and nineteen overall last year, and four and eleven in the Southland. Um, So, I'll let you. I'll let you take it. Let's go, Houston Baptist. I think the biggest blessing to Houston Baptist was the fact that the SWAC, uh, the Southland, lost all their great teams. (laughs) Because now I think I'm. If I'm being honest, this is a team that struggled to really find its place. Um, They went six. You mentioned it, six and nineteen, four and eleven in conference last year. I don't think this is a bad team. I think they this was just a 
unfortunately a below average team in a really good conference. And I think that they just naturally fell to the bottom. I think they have talented scores potentially. Um, but of, but again, I think the, the they were the victim of playing against a Sam Houston and SFA and Abilene Christian where you're just getting bludgeoned every week. I think this is the year where they, I don't want to say they can win, but this is a year where they start to like push towards the top of the conference, if I'm being honest. I think that what I like about this team is I think they can shoot really well. <laughs> I think that one of the things is they also return a lot. Um, they've been kind of a team in past couple of years that's kind of been going through the JUCO market. Uh, Hunter Janicek, I know, was their, was their JUCO get last year. And he kind of struggled a little bit coming in when you come in from Juco and expect and are expected to be kind of like a, a big star player right away. Of course, he struggled from the field, but I think now they have the continuity for the first time in a while to really make some noise. And so I, I like this team when comparing it to the rest of the Southland. I think this is a team that could potentially compete for a title. And Southland is so weird this year. It really um, is. I, it's weird looking at teams like Incarnate Word and being like, yeah, they're probably one of the favorites, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, Houston Baptist, some notes, extra notes I have uh, from last year. They put up a fight with Abilene Christian. They put up a fight with Sam Houston. They beat Incarnate Word three times, all three times they played them last year. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and UIW, we'll get to them later. Yeah. Um, they split with Lamar. They were minus four in the rebounding margin, minus 2.5 in turnover over margin per game obviously um uh pedro castro was their top scorer 15 15 points per game lose him but you know then they return zayante boothman 10 points per game uh for darius lee eight points per game was kind of a versatile guy six six uh, and then they returned center zach yemi um they've won double digits once in the they've won d- double digit games once in the last four years they haven't had a winning season since 2007 However, like we said, Southland is different. It is a new era. And we're looking at Houston Baptist with McNeese, UIW, AM Corpus Christi, New Orleans, Nichols, Northwestern, et cetera. This could be the time for this Houston Baptist the- to make their so- run. It's so weird. Like, again, I mentioned, I mentioned uh, somebody like Hunter Janicek, who is their second highest minutes getter, you know, shot 32% from the field. Not great, right? 28% was their highest three-point shooter and shot 28% from three, right? I think him adjusting to D1 finally is going to pay off now. I think that having somebody like Zach Iami coming back in is going to help, uh, help immensely. I don't know. Like it's, it's so hard to look at the schedule because like you, the teams that they just got blown out by, they're not playing anymore. Right. The teams that just, that just kicked their butt the past couple of years. Right. They lost 88 to 59 against ACU. Okay. They're not playing it. Who cares? Like, you know, like that, yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. And now you have teams like Lamar, which they beat. You have teams like UIW, which they beat. I think, you know, uh, I'm trying to look at, they lost to, I mean, they got smoked by McNeese last they got, year. They got smoked by McNeese. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at that score right now. They got smoked. by McNeese. Uh, a smoked last game of the regular season by but McNeese, lost, oh, McNeese lost a lot. McNeese is one of the least experienced teams in the Southland this year. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, Corpus Christi, same thing. One of the least experienced teams in the Southland this year. I think that this is just like a sh- for sheer continuity. I don't know if I feel that much more confident about, a, a team more than uh, HBU or UIW. 
Maybe Nichols. Nichols might be the other team uh, that, yeah, that right. I'm probably worried about. But that's that's kind <laughs> of it, man. This I is enjoyed, such a weird year. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed the Southland tournament last year too. It was, you know, you had some, you, you had like a Texas side and a Louisiana side going mm-hmm. at it pretty much. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know much about Ron Ron Cottrell. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's been there for a long time. Uh, but they haven't had success recently. They haven't yeah. had winning seasons at all recently. So they did go 17 and 17, I think like five, six years ago, something like that. I just, I don't know what to expect here, but I do know the schedule is easier. And so we might be looking at this team's record and being like, okay, they've done some things because they're six and 19 is, is, about as bad as you can get because you know you figure you play like two division two schools you you're, right. you're bound to steal one or two here and they did go four and eleven in the southland which isn't the worst thing ever i remember when i was a freshman in north texas and they went one and 15 i think or something like that so right you know i i'm interested i i don't know who's gonna step up and be their star i boothman maybe at lee i i don't know if he's capable of it. i know um the player you named i like him as well but uh, let's, let's do prediction. We got 20 seconds here. Or what, 14, what we got? Right, 14 games, Southland. Um, I'm going to go eight and six. I think eight and six. I think this is a team that I mentioned their potential for competing. I don't know if they reach it, but I think this is going to be the most optimistic year they've had in a while. I'm going to go eight and six. So, and I think that's even being optimistic. So I think we'll, I'll keep it there. Yeah. That, I'm going to go six and eight. Okay. I'm gonna go six and eight, and uh, we'll 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 see who's right on the other we'll, side. We'll, we'll assess after this. I, I like this being weird separated. Yeah, yeah, I like being separated, so we know one of us is definitely right and one of us is definitely wrong. <laughs> when they finished uh, one and thirteen, yeah, <laughs> until they finish one and thirteen, and we're both wrong, actually. We're thirteen and one ish. We got to be positive hey, on these podcasts. There you go. Come there on. you go. All right, to the women's side of things, which I'll start off. I was about to say um, you said you had takes on this one, I, so. Yes, I'll, I'll save them. All right. Uh, last year, Houston Baptist women's went 11 and 11, went six and seven in the Southland, led by Donna Finney, who's been there since 2013. They beat Prairie View, beat AM Corpus Christi. They lost in the second round of the Southland tournament. Um, and in short, they returned everybody. Like they have to have one of the highest return rates in the country. Um, they return uh, the entire starting five and the sixth woman of the year or uh, I'm sorry, not of the year, and their sixth woman, they return 106 out of 110 potential starting spots from last year. I mean, they shot 3.5 more three-pointers than their opponents, and they shot a higher percentage at almost 30%. They had 90 blocks in 22 games, plus 3.4 turnover margin, minus 1.6 in the rebounding margin, but that's okay. And I I can kind of assess this team just by looking at the, the numbers here. And that is why they are my breakout candidate team. Of all these, these six teams we talked about, they okay. have the chance to really surprise somebody. I, I like them a lot. Yeah, I think I agree with the fact that they bring back everybody and they're going to be really good at shooting. They're, they, I think they've basically, uh, I don't want to say given up, but all but given up rebounding. It's just like, we're not going to be a good rebounding team. I want to say they're... 253rd in offensive rebounds per game and 298th in defensive rebounds per game. Like that. I was about to say, we do, we do not need that because they're, I mean, 
They're a good, like the other thing is they're a good free throw shooting team too. Um, they get 22% of their points from the free throw line, which is 21st in the country. That's a, that's insane. Wow. They, they can get to the line. They have a decent pace. They slow things. They have, they slow teams down. I think that they're good enough in terms of their, their two point percentage defense and their other defensive metrics to make up for the fact that they're just not good rebounding. And you mentioned it. They're a decent three-pointing shooting team. They're a decent shooting team overall. They don't turn the ball over. They move the ball well. You mentioned their turnover margin. I think this is the potential for a breakout team because this is a team that knows what it is. They're not good. They're not good rebounding. And so it's like we're not, we'll focus on other ways that we can dominate games by not turning the ball over, by forcing turnovers, by shooting decently from the field, by getting to the three uh, the free throw line. And Honestly, you look at anywhere, NBA, WNBA, men's, women's college, ba- college basketball, high school, whatever, if you can get to the line, if you can shoot your free throws well, like that is such an X factor that not, a lot of teams aren't able to do well is get to the line and get contributions from there. Yep. So, yeah, I think I like this team a lot. Yep. And I think they have the potential for a, I'm not going to say a star, but a, a lead player here. Tamia Jefferson mm-hmm. Jr. averaged 15 mm-hmm. points per game last year, all Southland second team. If she can take that step forward and be also, all, I mean, well, should be an all Southland first team player here, one mm-hmm. of the best players in the conference. I don't see, I, okay, so now I can get to why I understand why they might have struggled last year. I went through and looked at their schedule and everything. Mm -hmm. Very thorough research here. Uh, They only had six of their 22 games were decided by seven or less points. Mm -hmm. And that's a really weird margin, right? That's, 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 That's unusual, right? Usually most teams would play a little closer games, but either they were blowing teams out or they were getting blown out. So that might be speaking to the rebounding and the shooting um, that we talked about. But in those six games, decided by seven or less points, they went one and five. And so that kind of speaks to a team that maybe wasn't comfortable in close games, maybe wasn't comfortable when they, things got tough. And now returning a lot of talent, assuming Coach Finney can do it, um, can improve this team significantly as far as that goes. We're talking about a team that instead of 11-11 last year could have gone 13 and nine, 14 yeah. and eight. Like that's a big difference here. If you just win a couple of those close games. So that was kind of what I pinpointed as, as something I could see improving mentally. Yeah. I think that, I think what, what that also shows is they might be due for some close wins, right? I mean, typically those games, I mean, it, it's that way in sports where like, if you have so many close games that go one way, you know, good or bad, that's not very much of an indicator that, they just lose close. Like typically that's more of an indicator, like the ball just didn't roll your way a yeah. game. And by odds, you know, odds would go that typically those go 50, 50. And so if they go swaying, you lose or win all of them, you know, you might be due for one or two more, right. One or two of those the next year or something. So if they can keep those close games, you know, we'll see. And then again, we haven't even mentioned it. We mentioned it with the men. It's a different conference, right. A yeah. lot of those teams that, you know, I'm trying to look at their schedule right now. Yeah, I mean, McNeese was one that had their number, but like, you know, ACU had their number. They're not going to play ACU. Sam Houston had their number. They're not going to play Sam, you know. So, like, I I, I think this is, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this is a conference contender. Like, this is a straight-up conference contender, in my opinion. And so, um, I don't know. I don't think they're a favorite necessarily, but I do think this, this is a team that, like, is going to be in the one, two, three race when it comes to the regular season. Yeah, definitely. Um 
last thing I'll say is that they're definitely going to be in more of those close games. Like I could see that number perhaps doubling going from seven to 14 this year. There are going to be more games, but they're going to be a lot more games within two or three possessions. So that's what I think will decide this season for this team. If they've gotten better in that respect, that's going to help them and that's going to put them in the race. All right. Predictions in the 14 game season as the alarm 14 goes off. Game season. 14. Uh, I'm going to go 14, 14, 14, uh, 11 and three. I'm going to go 11 and three as well. All right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Look at that consensus. There you go. Very good. All right. <laughs> we did it. We did it. First podcast, um, first preview podcast. And I thought yeah. we did pretty well on it. Didn't, didn't run over our time too much, you know, um, was worried about that. We're getting everything out, but we got it all out. Um, this is for our Houston listeners. So shout out Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't wanna, don't want to start sounding like Drake and shouting out Houston on you know every five seconds. Been, but been there once and you, you can't stop talking about. It. Shout out TSU. Oh, we got y'all coming soon, man. Don't worry. I was about to say, yeah, we actually do we got TSU coming soon. We should we should just play the intro to that song, man. The whole the whole time every time we do a houston podcast just that intro shout out to prairie view <laughs> oh i got my ESPN right. fantasy indication oh jesus all right um that's all we have for y'all today uh be sure to keep an eye out for the other preview podcasts coming out soon i don't remember what we have uh next in the schedule but we'll go through uh, we got west texas tech utep and tarleton there we go there we go texas tech and tarleton All right. Uh, But thank you all for joining us. Um, Be sure to like, subscribe, uh, do all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Let us know what you think. Uh, Let us know your predictions. And we appreciate all interaction and all support. So thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you later.